This weekend, I'm beginning a new series, and we're going to be on this series for the next several weeks. I've entitled it, Refresh, the Presence of the Holy Spirit. I'm beginning this four-week series on the presence of the Holy Spirit because God wants every believer to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit seeks to express God's goodness in our life. The Holy Spirit is gentle, he's powerful, and he's perfect, embracing us in our imperfection. You and I were not designed to run in life on empty. Jesus said that the Lord gives the Holy Spirit without limitation. One version says without measure. God wants to give us the presence of the Holy Spirit so we can live the maximized victorious life that God intends. And through the Holy Spirit, all of God's vest is available to all of God's people. It's available to you. And God desires that you and I are full of the Holy Spirit. Throughout this series, at the conclusion of each message beginning today, we're going to have a time of worship. And I'm going to respectfully invite, maybe that word is too soft, I'm going to respectfully insist in our altar services that people don't just walk out. We need to protect the anointing of God. And when God is working in the hearts of people, the most important part of the service is the altar service. Please don't walk out at that moment. We will respect the anointing of God. He is going to fill people with the Spirit. He's going to heal people. He's going to set people free. Throughout this month, I'm inviting 120 people. That number will remind you of the 120 in the upper room on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, in which they gathered to seek the presence of the Holy Spirit. I'm looking for 120 people that will fast one day a week throughout this month. I'll let you choose the day, and I'll let you choose the method of fasting. I'm posting this on Facebook, and I'm going to invite you to go on the Facebook page where I've posted it and say, I'll be one of those, Pastor. I will join you. 120 people fasting weekly throughout this month. Also, I want to share with you that beginning today at Westover, at the conclusion of all of our services, we're going to have prayer team people, as we have had in position in the service, we're going to have prayer team people at the conclusion of every service from this point on to pray with you. If you're at the end of the service and God's spoken to you, God's touched you, got you, there's a burden in your heart, and you just want to respond to the Lord and you want somebody to pray with you, there will be prayer team people positioned in the altar area after all of our services from this day forward. Moreover, I sense some of you have desired for Denise and I to pray with you. Can I say, we would love to do that. I, I would love to pray with you. You're welcome to step forward at any time. Please do not think you're an intrusion. I have people saying, Pastor, I hate to bother you. You're not bothering me. I would love to pray with you. You are never an intrusion when you step forward and want to visit with me or you, would, you want me to pray with you. And for those who are part of our live stream experience, let me just say, on the Westover app, you'll find my email address, Email me. If you have something you'd like us to pray with, you want me to pray with you about, email me. I would love to communicate with you. We want God to do something in your heart this month. The message entitled this weekend is Free Refills.
Let's pray. Father, I just pray as we begin this series, we're going to be fasting and praying and seeking God for you to do miraculous and powerful things. I pray for people in our services and live stream today, but I pray, God, for Westover. Visit us with a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Free refills. My wife, Denise, likes to go to places that you get free refills on her tea. She likes to have free refills on her soft drink. I mean, that's all right. But I wish Roadhouse would have free refills on T-bone steaks. How about you? That's the kind of, that's the kind of refill I really would like to have. <laughs> Many of us are needing a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, God has created us with different aspects, different spheres of our being. One is physical. We recognize that. And you need to sleep and you need to eat. You need to nourish the physical body. And there's nothing wrong with that. It needs to be charged. Yes. Emotionally. God created us with emotions, and he intends that our emotions be recharged. There's times you need to get away. You need to sit down in the lazy boy or the lazy girl. Kick back and relax, read a book, have a cup of coffee, maybe watch a show, listen to the music, whatever it is, and that you would emotionally recharge and connect. Intellectually, we need that. Sometimes we just need intellectual stimulation. God gave you and I curiosity so we could learn so our minds could be stretched, that we would intellectually be stimulated and recharged. But God also created us, and primarily so, spirit. And God intends that our spiritual life be recharged. And I wonder if we, if we ate physically a meal, as often as we recharged ourselves spiritually, what kind of condition we would be in. Do you know in the American church today, once or twice a month is considered faithful church attendance. If you ate a meal once or twice a month, you'd be dying of malnutrition. We prioritize, we prioritize other aspects of our life, and sometimes we're dismissive of our spiritual life. And I want us to know today that God intends to do something fresh in our spirit. God wants you to be refreshed. I like what John Ortberg said in his book, and I quote, the soul for the soul to be well, he said it needs to be with God. I like that. For the soul to be well, it needs to be with God. How do you know if there is a spiritual hunger in your life? How do you know if it's not just an emotional? How do you know? What is it like for that spiritual the deprivation and that spiritual malnutrition to be happening in our life? What is it like? I'm going to call it soul fatigue soul fatigue there are some of us right now we're experiencing soul fatigue you think it's burnout you 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 think it's just you're being overworked and stressed but have you noticed the vacation hasn't relieved the stress have you noticed that just having some r and r doesn't make the difference you can be rested and not refreshed you're not nervous but you're not at the same time you're restless you can be successful and not satisfied. You can lose your imagination. You can stop dreaming in life. You can achieve every one of your goals and still feel like you haven't arrived. What's happening in your life? Soul fatigue. And there's some of us, that's what we're experiencing is soul fatigue. I'm going to invite you to join me in Psalm chapter 42. 
We're going to talk about the refreshing and the refilling of the Holy Spirit, God's presence in our life from this psalm. We're going to look at verse 1 through 5. Verses 1 through 4 are diagnostic. As we read verses 1 through 4, you may identify with some of the phrases and say, that describes me, then you're in soul fatigue. Verse 5 is directional. 1 through 4 is diagnostic. Verse number 5 is directional. I'm going to break it down, and I'm going I'm to show you ways that you can identify if you're experiencing soul fatigue. The first thing that you can, you can identify in soul fatigue, according to Scripture, is what I'm going to call destiny stagnation. Destiny stagnation. You know, every one of us, God has a purpose, a journey. You're not here on, on planet Earth just to make house payments, pay taxes, and just raise kids. God has an assignment. There is something. There is a journey God takes us on. There's a pathway. There is a, there is a race to be run. There is a goal to be achieved. And sometimes in life, you can feel stuck. Destiny, stagnation. Let's read in Psalm 42, verse 1 and following. He identifies it. He says, as the deer pants for the streams of water so my soul pants for you my god my soul thirsts for god for the living god where can i go to meet with god my tears have been my food day and night while people say to me all day long where is your god stagnation the word picture here is a deer as the deer pants, needs water to be refreshed. He, he wants the water brook. But the deer finds himself in a drought-stricken land. Either the water brook has stopped flowing or he has wandered off from the path, path and he's no longer near the water brook. He's in a place that he should not be. He's panting. He's desiring it. He's wanting it, but he can't find it. Destiny stagnation. A point where you're going through the routine of life and saying it's not satisfying enough. And dissatisfaction often is not a matter of location, but a matter of soul. Some of us are thinking if we could change addresses. You're, you're, you're thinking that if you could just get in another zip code, you're saying that's time to move back home. It's time we ought to do this. We ought to go there. We, we took a vacation, but we just didn't go far enough. We didn't vacate far enough away from what we're doing. We, we should have gone here or should have gone there. We should have gone to the beach. You're thinking it's a location and it's not a location. And then he says in verse number two, he says, where can I find, where can I meet with God? When you're in destiny stagnation when you're in soul fatigue you begin to question things in your life god am i doing the right thing did i marry the right person am i in the right career am i doing the right thing when you're in soul fatigue everything becomes a question you begin to second guess yourself in so many areas then he says in verse number three my tears have been my food day and night and that's some of us in the room you put on a smile you go to work tomorrow and you're going to have a smile on your face. But at night, your, your tears, your tears express the ache and the emptiness of your soul. 
That's why some of you are going to the clubs and happy hour. You're looking for something. That's why some of us have been caught in, in prescription addiction. Why? Because we're trying to anesthetize the pain and the emptiness in our life. Your tears have been your food day and night. You're caught in a situation you can't get out of. You're looking for something you cannot find. You have been labeled as divorcee and somehow it has put you in a sinkhole and you can't get out of. And tears have been what you're feeding on. And as I began to read this verse over and over again and I was preparing for this message I felt like the Lord put a word in my heart and to announce to Westover it's time to quit feeding on the tears God has not put you and destined you to be stuck in emotional pain God wants to heal you and set you free you're not stuck in stagnation you're not stuck in soul fatigue let's go further not only destiny stagnation but you can experience destiny disturbance verse four and five these things i remember as i pour my out my soul how i used to go to the house of god under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng why my soul are you cast down why so disturbed within me destiny disturbance the word picture is that something came in and rocked your world historically we know exactly what the psalmist is talking about it was babylon that came in and seized them took the things out of the holy temple and pillaged them and then took the jewish people in slavery and what's known as the babylonian captivity it's in your history book and he was saying in this chapter I used to go to the house of God. I, I used to go into the temple, and it's not there anymore. Something disturbed that. Has something rocked your world? Did something rock your world, your career? Has something rocked the family? Has something upset, if you please, the proverbial apple cart of your life? Has life turned upside down for you? Has something disturbed you? Could you say as he did in verse uh, number uh, four there, how I used to go. Do you say I used to be happy? You know, I used to be an outgoing person. I used to be fulfilled. I used to like my job. I used to like my career. I used to like to go out with people. I used to like to go to church. I used to read the Bible and God would speak to me. I used to be in ministry. I used to have a song. I, I used to be filled with joy. I used to hear God speak to me and I don't hear it anymore. And something rocked your world, something upset your life. And now you're at soul fatigue. Must continue. Another sign that you need a refilling is what I'm going to call destiny discouragement. Verse number five. Why, my soul, are you cast down? The message version renders it. Why are you down in the dumps? That describes some of us now. You're down in the dumps. You ought to be happy, but nothing makes you happy. You don't even have the energy. You think about what you have to do and what used to bring you joy. You now say, I don't, I don't enjoy it anymore. I, I don't have the energy. Everything is work. Everything is a battle. Everything you have to kind of psych yourself up to do. You have to just kind of push yourself through things. Why? Destiny. Discouragement. You're cast down you're brokenhearted and when you're downcast when you're discouraged you know what begins to come in your life complaining 
I don't like this. I don't like the politicians. I don't like my boss. I don't like my coworker. I don't like the parking spot they give me. I don't like the work area I get. I don't like the, the meals I meet. I don't like home. I don't, I don't like our house anymore. I don't like the car I drive. I don't like the community I live. I don't like the church I go to anymore. I don't like this anymore. I don't like that. We begin to complain and complain and complain. And why, why, what's the purpose of complaining? Satan will get you complaining because he knows that complaining will suffocate praise in your life. It will suffocate praise. And if he can suffocate the flame of praise in your heart, guess what will happen? You will fall into the sinkhole of destiny discouragement. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to finish my degree. I really don't want to stay with this family. I want to get out of this. And praise is not on your lips anymore. And that's where some of us are at. But I'm here to tell you, and here's the good news. You're not stuck there. God wants to refill you with his presence. In a moment, we're going to have a time of worship, and God is going to, God is going to refresh himself in your life. God is going to do something new and fresh in your spirit, and I call you, Westover. I call you as you used to go to the house of God. You used to have a song of praise. Return, return to the Lord to receive a refreshing of God's spirit. There are three things from verse number five I want to share with you. And the first one is no one can praise for you. No one can praise for you. It's in verse number five. I'm going to read verse number five in its entirety. And I want you to notice there are seven pronouns. I'm going to accentuate the pronouns as I read it, but I want you to see the importance of, of that no one can praise for you. Verse number five. Why, my soul, are you cast down? Why those so disturbed within me put your hope in God? For I will yet praise him, my Savior, my God. Do you catch that? Do you catch that? No one can praise for you. You have to do it yourself. It's a, it's a personal experience, faith. No one can do it for you. You must praise yourself. You know, I can't eat for you and your belly get filled. That's right. I can't drink water and you get, you get hydrated. I can't take vitamins and you get stronger. I can't sleep and you get rest. You have to get these things yourself. And you and I must praise for ourselves. Now, the Bible does tell us to pray for one another. But nowhere in the Bible does it say praise for one another. Have you ever noticed that? Yes, I am to pray for you, and I will pray for you. But when it comes to praise, when it comes to praise, I cannot praise for you. You must praise for yourself. I cannot praise, and all of a sudden, God's spirit and God's freshness fall in your life. Why? Because praise is the language of the soul. Praise is how my spirit person that's how the spirit person, not the physical, not the emotional, not the intellectual, it's the spiritual person. It connects to God, the source of life. It downloads God's presence. It downloads the eternal. It downloads hope. It, do it downloads optimism. It downloads purpose in my life. God's presence balances my life, and it's in my spiritual life. When it is right, it seems to correct so many other things in my life. And the language of the soul is praise. Don't let anything distill your praise. 
You don't have to feel like praising. You don't have to be liked on Facebook. You don't have to have the support of others. Things don't have to be going your way. You don't have to have everything in life in place. Praise him anyway, because praise is the language of the soul. <laughs> have you ever been in a group text? Our family, we have a group text. I'm not really into the group text thing because I kind of get lost in the conversation. I'll be in a meeting and it'll ding, 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 ding. And it'll be going on and I'm in a meeting and then finally I catch up and I, what's going on? What's going on? I don't capture, the, I don't capture the, the conversation. And the difficulty is the rest of my family will not speak in words. They speak in icons. These emojis. They put these emojis, and I'm supposed to interpret all these emojis. And I ask, well, what does this mean? Well, what does this mean? And sometimes in the group text, when their family's in the group text and talking about something, I, I will misinterpret what it is. I just kind of jump into it, and I haven't caught the conversation. So I will make a comment, and my daughters do something. They post an emoji with a girl with her hand on her head like this. <laughs> and I ask Denise, what does this mean? Is that, is that their hand praying for me? Is it saying, oh, God. Is that, is that saying, my dad is so intelligent? She says, no, they're rolling their eyes at you. They're, they're calling you a dork. You because I'm not in the conversation. Well, why don't they just talk in regular conversation? I'm not much of a, of a group text person, but many people are. And I see people, yeah, they, this happened, and they're excited, and this is happening, and it makes this person happy. And the, the whole group text, they're celebrating it. That works in a group text. It does not work in worship. It does. There is no such thing as group worship experience where I can get blessed and because of my blessing, you get blessed. It doesn't happen that way. You must praise for yourself. I cannot lift up my voice and celebrate God and God fill me with strength and confidence and it comes into your heart. You must do it for yourself. And some of you are skeptical about that comment. I already can read your minds, Pastor. I don't agree with you. Pastor, I don't agree with you. I can be blessed when somebody else praises. I've been in church and I see somebody worship. It just blesses my heart. I don't agree with you, Pastor. Hold on to your thought. There's a difference between being blessed and being satisfied. There's a difference between being blessed and being satisfied. How can, I, how can I illustrate this? I don't know about you. Guys, track with me a moment. I love the smell of brisket smoking. Don't you? Isn't that, isn't that the most wonderful scent? Have you ever come out of your house and you can tell, mm, somebody's barbecuing. Wow, that is good. Did you ever just drive by Rudy's and just roll down the window and just... You know what I'm talking about? The smell of ribs, the smell of brisket. And ladies, let me give you, I'll just give you an insight. Let me just give you an insight. You go out and buy these perfumes that smell like flowers. No. Denise goes out and get that Channel 5 perfume, spray it all over herself. I don't want her to smell like flowers. I told her, baby, if you'd smell like bacon, I'd hug you more. I, I like the smell of bacon. I like the smell of brisket. Baby, if you'd smell like brisket, if you'd smell like a, a, a big brisket on the grill, man, I'd, I'd, I'd nibble on those ears more. Man, I, I'm telling you, you, you'd have to have a slice water to keep me away from you, baby. I'd just be attracted to you. There's just something about the smell of brisket. Isn't that right, guys? Isn't brisket just, I mean, 
I mean it's good. I can smell brisket. Now, it can bless me to smell it, but it doesn't satisfy me until I eat it. Are you tracking with me? Hey, you can tell me. I had the best barbecue ribs today. Ah, pastor, they were wonderful. That blesses me. But until there's barbecue sauce dripping from my elbows and I'm eating it, I'm not satisfied. Are you with me now? Are you tracking with me? You can be, you can be blessed by somebody else's praise, but your soul is not going to be satisfied. Your, your inner person is not going to be relieved until you're in the presence of God. There's something about your heart getting in God's presence. God coming upon you, your tension melting off. In the presence of God, when you just begin to worship, as it were, heaven reaches down and just lifts the distress out of your spirit. And you go from, from confusion to confidence in just a moment. You walk in and you're saying, I'm discouraged and I don't want to do it anymore. And you walk out and say, God, you're going to make it happen. God, I believe you. God, there's just something. He put something in your spirit. You came in contact with God. God's presence fills you. He fills filled you with himself and now you have a new sense of direction and a new sense of purpose and no one can do that for you you must praise for yourself he tells us in chapter 42 verse number seven he uses the word waterfalls at the sound of your waterfalls wait wait a minute verse number one he was talking about a brook and now he's talking about a waterfall. Here it is. Here it is. You start getting close to God, you're going to desire abundance. You're not going to be satisfied with just a brook and a stream. All of a sudden, you're going to want more. You're, going to, you're not going to just want to, God, take away the headache. You're going to say, God, heal me of it. God, I want abundance. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to just be able to buy uh, Tylenol on discount. I want to be set free from the migraines. I want to be healed from it. Oh, God, I don't want just relief for the day. I want deliverance for a lifetime. You're going to begin to yearn for more. God's going to begin to stir. When you begin to worship, then all of a sudden, you get an appetite for the abundance of God. The abundance of God. And no one can worship for you. Number two, I share with you, concerning a refilling. God's presence is the essential ingredient in worship. God's presence, not me, not this building, God's presence is the essential ingredient in worship. We can go through the format. You'd have somebody shake your hand today. You can get a brochure. You can go to lunch and say, I was in church. Spent most of my time, however, on Facebook, just seeing, checking up with everybody. But if you're not in the presence of God, then all you've done is you put a check in the box of what I did for God today. My nice thing on God's list I did today. Nothing, nothing will substitute for the presence of God. Getting in God's presence where his spirit comes upon you and his spirit fills you the presence of God the presence of God Denise and I we just came back Wednesday we were in Europe we went there for a missions conference with Convoy of Hope we were in a conference for seven days and at the end of the seven days we went to Paris for three days we never been to Paris we were planning this conference and Denise says hey we're going to be within an hour and a half flight of Paris 
Let's go to Paris. We'll never be that close. We'll never have a chance to see that again. We've never seen it, and we could go there. It's an hour and a half flight away from where the conference is going to be. Paris? Baby, I have one of those in Texas. I have that. Let's go to that one. It's, it's closer, baby. It's, it's, it's close. No, she wanted the Paris, France. So we took a flight in three days. We went to Paris, France. We were there. We took a river cruise one night to see the lights of Paris. She saw the Eiffel Tower. She, she, oh, she was just mesmerized by that. One day we sit down, little sidewalk cafe. We're going to get some coffee and a pastry. Sit down on the little table. And they came out with our pastry and we split our pastry. Oh, my goodness, to the head, great pastries. They set the pastry down. Denise and I are going to split it. She got her hot tea. And I wanted to try some European coffee. I love coffee. So I ordered a cappuccino. So Denise is sipping her tea, and we're sharing the, uh, the pastry, and I'm watching. She get bigger bites than I'm getting. I mean, you know, I mean, you know what I'm talking you know about? You ever do that in your mind? You ever just, uh, hey, man, they're getting a little more than, this is not 50-50 here, okay? It's not 50-50 here. Uh, come on. I just... Just be honest with you, you know. Yeah, she can scarf some down. I mean, I tell you what. Well, let's get back to my story here. So I'm drinking my cappuccino. <laughs> She's not in service today. Shh, don't tell her. Don't tell her I said that. She's going to a funeral today for me. So we're sipping the cappuccino. So we're done. And he says, oh, it's wonderful. How was it? I said, well, the first, first drink of my cappuccino was, was all foam. And the second one was all foam. And the third and the fourth one was all foam. In fact, I got down to the end of it, and I'm, where'd my cup? It's just, I think they just took some of the suds of the dishwater, just put it in my cup, and sold it to me for four euro. It had too much foam and not enough cappuccino in it for me. And I wonder, I wonder if we do that with God. I wonder if we come in and we just get the foam. We just come in and, we come into service, but we're on Facebook all the time. We come in late, leave early. We just don't, we come in and do our thing. We shake a few hands and go through the routine. We see people and we connect with people, but we don't connect with God. We're not in the presence of God. You're not in a place where you say, I'm on holy ground. I met with the master today. There was something there was something in the service that God was speaking and God was doing something. And you miss being in God's presence, which brings me to point three. God wants you back. God wants you back. The presence of God is the essential ingredient and God wants you back. God's calling you back into his presence. God's calling you back to the brook. God's calling you back into the freshness of his spirit. It's found there in, in verse number five. It's the last phrase in verse number five. It says, I'm going to put my hope in God. He began this chapter diagnostic. I, I'm dry as a water brook. I don't have anything fresh in my spirit. I'm even wondering, God, where are you? And I recount how I used to go to the house of God and I used to feel and I used to have joy and I used to have happiness and I used to be satisfied. And people, my foes are saying, where's your God? I feel taunted. I feel tormented. I feel tormented. And I've been searching for God. God, where are you? I'm disturbed. 
I'm in destiny stagnation. I'm in destiny disappointment. And he comes to the last phrase of verse number five. I'm going to put my hope in God for I will yet praise him, my God and my Savior. My Savior, there's something I want you to see in that word. My God and my Savior, there's something there. If you just read past it, you're going to miss it. The word Savior, our English Bibles, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. It's translated in English, but it's written in Hebrew. That word, Hebrew word for Savior in verse number five occurs over 2,100 times in the Old Testament, over 2,000 times. That same Hebrew word is throughout the Old Testament, but only one time in all of the Bible is it ever translated Savior. Only one time. One time and this time only is it translated Savior. It's never again put in the English Bible as the word Savior. When the translators came to that, they, they, they grappled with the, with the word and what, what word best describes because the original meaning of this word Savior means, means to turn to, to turn to. In Job, in Job it's translated to recognize, to turn to. And they say this, this God in heaven, he, he always turns to you. He never turns you away. He always turns towards you. When you can't, God still can. He will never abandon you. You will never be stuck. You will never be in a drought-stricken land that God doesn't show up. He's going to always be there for you. And God wants you back even when you ignore him. God's going to be there. He's going to always, can I put it this way? He's going to always be getting in your face. He's going to always be presenting himself. The word picture is this. It's like my little granddaughter, Camila. She's three years old, oh, my sweetheart. I've watched this so many times. We'll be with little Camila. I saw this just the other day. We're going and she will take off. She'll put her eye and her focus on some. Little Camila will take off and sometimes she doesn't see the danger. She might not see the traffic going around or there may be a dog that we're afraid might bite her or this hazard. She might touch this or get burned with that. She doesn't see. She just focuses in on what she's going through and sometimes she doesn't need to go there. So what we'll do is we'll turn her. And she, when we turn her, her head just keeps going back to her. She keeps her eye on it, or we're holding her, and she's looking at it. She's wanting to grab the candy at the grocery store, you know, and you're saying, no, you can't have it, and you're trying to refocus her. But every time you turn her, her head goes back. That's like you and I. We always are looking on our pain and our disappointment and our goals and our distractions in life, but we have a God. We have a God that keeps turning to us. And it's like my little Camila. She's trying to go by, and you stand in her way. And then she tries to get by and you do this and you stand in her. No matter what she does, I keep turning towards her. I keep guarding her. I'm going to keep getting in her way until finally I get her attention and redirect her. That's how God's going to do you. That's how God's going to treat you. He's not going to turn you away. He's not going to say, I'm fed up with you. Just go ahead. I'm tired of messing with you. God is relentless. God wants you to be in his presence. God covets. God is jealous. He wants to be with you. He wants to hang with you. And God is saying, come back in my presence because I will refresh you I will refresh you my God my Savior you didn't abandon me in the dry and thirsty land 
You didn't abandon me when I thought you were nowhere to be found and my foes taunted me and I was eating tears at night. You kept pursuing me. Oh, God, to be in your presence. To be in your presence. So across this auditorium, I invite you to put your electronic device down. Put your Bible down. Stand together with me, would you? Right now. Stand together with me. Now I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. Just begin to close your eyes. Holy Spirit, come into this house. Holy Spirit, come into this house. There are people that are feeding on tears at night. Disturbance. Their soul is disturbed. God, they have pain. They're brokenhearted. They're aching. They feel so empty. They feel so abandoned. They feel so beat up by life. But God, you're you're not giving up on them. You're the God that keeps turning towards them and turning towards them. You're the God that wants to refresh them. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, as we move into worship, I pray an anointing of the Holy Spirit to move across this auditorium. An anointing, oh God. An anointing, oh God. If that's you, you say, Pastor, I've been feeding on tears at night. That describe me to the T, describe me to the T, destiny, stagnation. I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I'm stuck. And I need God's presence. I need a fresh touch of God's presence. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Yes, 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 yes. God, oh God, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, do it, Holy Spirit, do it, right now, God, you said in your word, you're going to give spring in the desert, I pray an anointing of God's presence and spirit to come into this room, that you'll begin to touch hearts, and when there's hearts with no praise and no celebration God you'll baptize them in your worship and your presence again today baptize them in your presence again just Lord let their cup run over in Jesus name in Jesus name I pray for those experiencing soul fatigue they're weary oh God begin to refresh them in worship I call them to your presence it's not this building And it's certainly not me. They need to be in your presence. Holy Spirit, begin to work right now. If you're spirit-filled and you want to pray in the spirit, you're welcome to. We're a spirit-filled church. That is is welcome. You're welcome to intercede and pray in the spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, oh God. Spirit of God. Spirit of God. I just sense, I just am sensing the Lord is saying, wait upon him right now. Just wait on the Lord. He's every heart. Let's just let's just press in. Don't be distracted. Don't don't let your mind be distracted. Press in. Press in for a fresh filling of his Holy Spirit. 
Oh God, oh God, oh God, do it, grant it in Jesus' name. God in the balcony. God in the balcony right now, minister by your spirit. Someone in the balcony, you just said recently, I just can't take it anymore. God sees you. He's your savior. He's the God that's turning to you now. Don't run from God, run to God. Don't run from him, run to God. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, now we're going to worship. Now we're going to worship. Let's lift our voices.
feel the space in a service. The Holy Spirit has the ability to take these meditation moments, these moments that we're waiting on God, and He can He can heal hearts. He, he can correct some stuff. He can give hope and life in our heart. Let's just take a let's just take a moment. Would you join me balcony and main floor? Let's just let's just worship the Lord. Your voice, your heart. It doesn't have to sound like mine. Please don't feel like you have to worship like me, but worship. You don't have to use my words and you don't have to do it in my style, but from your heart, honest worship, genuine worship. Join me right now. Father, we love you. Oh God, just being in your presence, in your presence, God. We just believe in the efficacy of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's ability to just personalize, to individualize. Oh God, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, refresh your people. God, just call them back to the springs of refreshment of the Holy Spirit in your presence. God, renew them. Renew them. Some have had a disturbance in their life. It's been the defining conversation around the dinner table. It's been the tears that they have fed on at night. And I pray, God, right now, lift that from their spirit. Let them sense your peace in your presence. Oh, God, grant that to them in the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. I, I sense this may, this may be for some. It's certainly not for all. But if your heart is just yearning and you want to spend some time in prayer, next service doesn't start for 30 minutes I'll hang around here on the altar I'd love to pray with you if you would like me to pray with you or you'd like one of our prayer team persons to pray with you we're going to be in the altar as you're dismissed just just go just go in God's presence but if you if you desire to the next service starts in 30 minutes if you want a double portion just stay <laughs> you're welcome to do that God bless you you're dismissed go in the goodness of the Lord